Welcome, everyone. You are listening to Truth in Christ Radio, the Bible teaching radio ministry of Calvary Chapel of Rochester with Senior Pastor Rob Kellogg. There they are. They're right on the edge of going in. And that first generation has died in their unbelief. And so finally, um, you know, Moses is there, and they're, they're getting ready to go in. And as any good general would do, as any good shepherd would do, before they go in, right on the cusp of it, he's like, there's things you have to understand. I, I want you to remember what had happened in the past, because we have this funny way of forgetting. We have this uncanny ability to forget. And um, the older we get, the more we forget. And... And here's this generation going in, and they have things they need to learn. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Truth in Christ Radio. Today, Pastor Rob continues in the book of Deuteronomy in chapter 7. In our scripture for today, Moses continues to give the nation of Israel instructions on God's will prior to entering the promised land. The old generation had died off, and the new generation will be those that enter the land. In order for them to be victorious and keep their families safe, They must follow God and be obedient to His Word. As Christians today, we are faced with all kinds of evil from the world. We too must follow God's plan and be obedient to His Word. Here's Pastor Rob with today's study. If you could, let's open up our Bibles to Deuteronomy chapter 7. Last week we looked at Deuteronomy chapter 6. And this evening, we are going to get into Deuteronomy chapter 7, and hopefully chapter 8 as well. We'll see how the time goes. But if you recall, Moses, again, he's, he's rehearsing uh, for this new generation, this generation that is going to be going into the promised land. He's rehearsing for them the, the things that God had, had said to them prior. Um, and so there they are. They're right on the edge of going in. And that first generation has died in their unbelief. And so finally, um, you know, Moses is there, and they're, they're getting ready to go in. And as any good general would do, as any good shepherd would do, before they go in, right on the cusp of it, he's like, there's things you have to understand. I, I want you to remember what had happened in the past, because we have this funny way of forgetting. We have this uncanny ability to forget. And um, the older we get, the more we forget. And... And here's this generation going in, and they have things they need to learn. And because um, they're going into enemy territory, they're going into a culture, into cultures that are wicked, cultures that are bent on uh, the lust of the flesh and the pride of life and uh, the lust of the eyes. And it's all about that. And, and they've been uh, warned over and over again not to assimilate into those cultures. And when God was going to bring them in, he says, I want you to go in. And when I tell you to go in, I want you to destroy everything. I want you to do 
what I tell you to do. Specifically and determinedly, I want you to do what I tell you to do. And isn't it interesting that we have a hard time obeying the very simplest commands? You know, the Lord could be, we could be going down the street and the Lord could say, I want you to go left here, and we're going to think to ourselves, well, I want to go right. That's just the way we are. Very simple command. You know, there's sometimes when I'm driving, and there's more than one way to get to my house, depending on where I'm at. And sometimes I just get this funny feeling. The Lord's like, well, just take this way. And I don't even think about it. I just go. And then I find out later there's an accident on that road. Right about the time. You know, you just you never know about these things. And so, um, you know, you just you obey those little things, you know. And I'm not saying I obey every still small voice. I'd like to say I, I, I do, but I don't. And I know you don't either. <laughs> So I'm in good company. Um, but we should, right? <laughs> we should uh, desire to do that and, and really, um, you know, uh, press into that. But anyway, in Deuteronomy chapter 7, so here he is. He's telling them. He says, When the Lord your God brings you into the land which you go to possess and has cast out many nations before you, and he, he names them here, the Hittites, the Girgashites, the Amorites, the Canaanites, and the Perizzites, and the Hivites, and the Jebusites. Notice, seven nations greater and mightier than you. You know, when you think about Israel, they're a great mighty nation. But these other nations, God is saying, they're greater and they're mighty, mightier than you. And I love how the Lord takes small things and he likes to glorify himself in the small things. He doesn't take the big things. And it's just his way of doing things. He always takes the humble and, and lifts them up. But he always takes the, the proud and the haughty and he always brings them down. It's just the way it is. Nobody stands on that ivory tower for too long, pounding their chest, thinking they're great. God has a way of bringing them down and we've seen it time and time again. And it's a great lesson for us all to take heed to our hearts and to not allow ourselves to be lifted up in pride. So, greater than and mightier than you. And he says, and when the Lord your God delivers them over to you, you shall conquer them and utterly destroy them. You shall make no covenant with them. Notice that. And you shall show no, nor show mercy to them. And the thing is, is there's always consequences for not being obedient. There's always consequences. You know, when you think about it, being obedient, you know, Jesus said in John 14, he says, if you love me, keep my commandments. You know, I prove my dislove for him or my lack of love for him by doing my own thing. But he says, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. And what are his commandments? I mean, really, Jesus narrowed everything down to just really two things. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. All the Ten Commandments, all the law and the prophets hang on those two simple things. And even though they're very simple, they're very profound, and there's a lot of things that can be fleshed out on each of those things. And, and we, understand very, uh, we understand that it is not as easy as it is right? Because we look at those things, and just to love the Lord our God with all of our heart and our mind, that takes everything, doesn't it? That's quite a tall order. And then to love our neighbor as ourselves, we love ourselves too much. So therein lies the rub. He says, if you'll love me, you'll keep my commandments. But notice what it says. Let's go to Judges chapter 1. Judges chapter 1. This whole idea of being obedient and going in and taking the land and, and not allowing anything, not to make any, to make in, no covenants with the people, to show no mercy on them. But look what happens. It says, after Joshua died um, in the book of Judges, in the very second verse, it says, 
And, and, and so now Joshua has died, and they're all there, and they're getting ready to go up and take possession. And it says, And the Lord said, Judah shall go up. Indeed, I have delivered the land into his hand. And then in verse 3, he says, So Judah said to Simeon, <laughs> Did God say uh, Judah and Simeon, or did he say just Judah? Judah, go up. I've given them into your hand. But Judah looks to his brother and says, uh, Can you go up with us? You got enough guys? Will you go up with us? And, and you notice, it says, So Judah said to Simeon, his brother, Come up with me to, a, to my allotted territory that we may fight against the Canaanites, and I will go likewise with you to your allotted territory. And Simeon went with him, and, he know, and the Lord allowed it. And this is the amazing grace. This is a gracious moment for the, for, the, for the Lord demonstrating. Because he didn't correct them. He told them, Judah, I want you to go up into the land that, that I've given to you. But they said, Simeon, will you go with us? You know, naturally, there's better, more security in numbers. And God allows it. It's his, what we call his permissive will, not his perfect will. So they, they, they go up together. But now look with me in, in chapter, or I'm sorry, in verse 18 of this chapter. Because now each of these tribes are going to go up. And, and look what happens. God told them to go up, take possession, wipe out everybody, wipe out everything, and take possession of it immediately, right? And so look what happens. And as we, as we read this, remind yourselves or, or be aware that we have the same uh, hearts as, as the children of Israel do. We are no different than they are. Um, I find a lot of myself in, in this, too. And if we're honest, I think we can find a lot of ourselves in it. But in verse 18, he says, And also Judah took Gaza with its territory, Ashkelon with its territory, and Ekron with its territory. And so the Lord was with Judah. And they drove out the mountaineers, but they could not drive out the inhabitants of the lowland because they had chariots of iron. So there's something here. They, 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 they could not drive them out. They would not drive them out. And they gave Hebron t- to Caleb, as Moses had said. And then he expelled from there the three sons of Anak. But the children of Benjamin, notice, did not drive out the Jebusites who inhabited Jerusalem. So the Jebusites dwell with the children of Benjamin in Jerusalem to this day. So they were told to go in and drive them all out. But for some reason, they stopped short of finishing the job. And when God says to do something, we need to be sure that we do it. That we do it. And do it all the way. And don't let anything get in the way. Don't let... Um, don't let your flesh get in the way and say, well, I've gone far enough. Have you ever done something and you're like, well, that's good enough. And the Lord's going, go the extra mile and get it done. Get it done. And see, we always take the path of least resistance. If, if I get most of the job done and I encounter some resistance, I'm like, you know, 90%'s not bad. 90%'s not bad. So I'll just stop here and kick back. Have you ever done that with a job? Your boss tells you to go do something and you do it half-baked. It's 90% well, 10% not so good. And yet the blessing is in doing it all. And that's where we honor our king when we honor him by being completely obedient, which they were not and neither are we. And there is the grace of God. But notice, but the children of Benjamin did not drive out the Jebusites. And in verse 22, it says, And the house of Joseph also went up against Bethel, and the Lord was with, with them. So the house of Joseph sent men to spy out Bethel. The name of that city formerly was called Luz. And when the spies saw a man coming out of the city, they said to him, Please show us the entrance to the city, and we will show you mercy. And so he showed them the entrance to the city, and they struck the city with the edge of the sword. 
But they let the man and all his family go. And the man went to the land of the Hittites, built a city, and called its name Luz, which is what its name is today. Verse 27, it says, However, Manasseh did not, did not, underline those, Manasseh did not drive out the inhabitants of Bashan and its villages, or Teanoch and its villages, or the inhabitants of Dor and its villages, or the inhabitants of Megiddo and its villages. For the Canaanites were determined to dwell in that land. And it came to pass, when Israel was strong, that they put the Canaanites under tribute, but did not completely drive them out. It's better to have them around to do some work. right? It's better to have them as slaves and have them do some work than to just conquer them. Then we have to do it. right? It sounds good to the flesh, doesn't it? We can, we can, we can stick, keep these guys around, these young, healthy, strong guys. We can have them do our work for us. And didn't God give them a land? Didn't he say earlier that he, he says, I've given you a land that, and, and wells that you've never dug yourself. I've given you houses that you didn't have to build. I've given you vineyards and, and, and things of that nature, farmland. I've given you all this stuff, and you didn't have to do anything. It's already tilled for you. It's already ready to go, and you just walk into it. And you would think that that would be enough. But no, we keep a remnant behind as slaves to do some more of our stuff while we remain a little bit lazy. And you see, they're no different than we are. We can get into this, this fleshly attitude. Nor did Ephraim, verse 29, drive out the Canaanites who dwelt in Gezer. That's a place where the old people were, a Gezer. I'm only kidding. So the Canaanites dwelt in Gezer. It's probably Gezer, but I'll call it Gezer because it sounds fun. Um, among them, it says, Nor did Zebulun drive out the inhabitants of Kitron or the inhabitants of Nahalol. So the Canaanites dwelt among them and were put under tribute. Nor did Asher drive out the inhabitants of Acho or the inhabitants of Sidon or of Abla, Akzib, Helba, Aphek. And Rehob. So the Asherites dwelt among the Canaanites, the inhabitants of the land, for they did not drive them out. And what happens when you don't drive out an enemy? What happens over time? Your sons become interested in their daughters. Their daughters become interested in your sons. The next thing you know, they're playing in the same sandbox together. The next thing you know, they're looking at each other, writing notes. I like you. Do you like me? Yes or no? Right? Next thing you know, there's wedding bells, babies. Next thing you know, the gods are coming out. Oh, it's Christmas. Come on. We want to do our own thing. No, we, on Christmas we do this other thing, and we worship this God, and we've been doing it forever. And, you know, you just got to, you know, Daddy won't be happy if you don't join me and worship this false God. You can see it, and it happens. And, and that's exactly what does happen. And he says, verse 33, Nor did Naphtali drive out the inhabitants of Beth Shemesh or the inhabitants of Beth Anath, but they dwelt among the Canaanites, the inhabitants of the land. Nevertheless, the inhabitants of Beth Shemesh and Beth Anath were put under tribute to them. Again, some more people they can have as slaves. And the Amorites forced the children of Dan into the mountains, for they would not allow them to come down to the valley. And the Amorites were determined to dwell in Mount Herez, in Ajalon, and in Shealbim. Yet when the strength of the house of Joseph became greater, they were put under tribute. Now the boundary of the Amorites was from the ascent of Akrabim, from Selah, and upward. And so what we have here is a list of these 12 tribes. As they, as they start to go into their land, they, they, they don't really do the job. They don't really finish the job. And God wanted them to finish the job. And it's so important that we are obedient to the very end. If God says to do something, we need to do it. We need to do it with all of our heart. And we need to do it until he says stop and be specific. 
You know, in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 33, it says this, Do not be deceived. Evil company corrupts good habits. And I love what it says in the King James. It's a little bit different. It says, Evil communications corrupt good manners. And all these nations that they had failed to drive out, now all of a sudden, instead of them having an impact on those people, those people are starting to have an impact on them. And it's unfortunate, but it seems that that's always the way it is. We, as believers, it's, it's an unfortunate thing when you see a young lady who loves the Lord, and all of a sudden, there's this young man at college who is Googles over her, and she falls in love with him, only to realize that he doesn't know the Lord at all. He's a nice guy. He's a very moral guy, perhaps, Maybe his family goes to church and he has a semblance of of holiness. He has a form of godliness, but denies the power thereof. And so she gets involved with him and then she thinks to herself, well, I can just, I know I I I can... As we date and as we are engaged, I can win him to Christ. I can, I know I can do it. And then they get married. And she finds out that this young man that she was so in love with now is seeing other ladies. And he's, she finds that he's abusive. And now she's got a couple babies on the way. Maybe she's already got a couple. Now she's stuck. All because she wasn't listening. Evil company corrupts good manners. Whenever you get yourself entangled with the things of the world, just like the children of Israel were doing here, they were going to create a snare for themselves. And so often we see that with our young people and you try and you try to you pray and you you speak to them and sometimes they just they won't listen and God even uses that for his good you know I love that verse it says and he works all things for the good to them that love him you know it's not like when we make a mistake God is done with us because he uses that mistake later on in life it would be much better if you didn't have to go through it but sometimes you've just for some reason you've got to go through it and then when you go through it, you, you, you feel the pain. You see the destruction of it. And then later on, you're like, you know what, Lord? You were right. You told me not to do this. My parents told me not to do this. And now here I am. I'm suffering the consequence of this thing. And the Lord's going, it all could have been prevented. My daughter, my son, would you just listen? Just listen. Being obedient is so important, especially in the days that we live in, because very few people are. Even in the church, we have to be that way. We have to say, Lord, I want to be an obedient child. I want to be obedient to you, Lord. I don't want to go through this lesson again and again. I want to learn it the first time. I want to go through this with you. And Lord, be with me in it. And he's like, I'll be with you in it. It may not be easy. It's going to be hard sometimes. But, but being obedient is never easy. Doing the right thing is never easy, usually. It's always easy to cave into the flesh. It's always easy to compromise because there's no challenge. But when there's a challenge, you have to meet it with the, the, the Spirit of God going before you. You have to meet it with the Word of God. You can't just cave in. You have to persevere. And at the end of it, you're going to be glad you did. And the fruit of it will shine. And you will be an example to other young people coming up under you. So it's not even just so much about us. It's about everybody else. Now, I love that verse where it says, um, Paul says, Walk circumspectly, not as fools, seeing that the days are evil. 
And I like that idea of walking circumspectly because it means, circum means around, right? Speckly means to see. So wherever we go, wherever we're at as a Christian, if you call yourself a Christian, everywhere you go, there are people walking around you. They know who you are in the workplace. They're watching you. How you respond when your car breaks down and your catalytic converter goes like it did with me the other day and the battery dies and you got this really huge bill to pay and everybody's watching. How's they, how are they going to deal with this? Are they slamming their hand on the, on the hood of the car? Are they kicking the tires? Are they pulling out the flare kit and lighting it, putting it underneath the gas tank? I mean, what are they doing? I didn't do that, by the way. The flare thing I did do, but I didn't kick the car. No, I'm only kidding. So... It's so important that we're obedient. In 1 Corinthians chapter 5, verse uh, 1 through 8, it says this, It is actually reported that there is sexual immorality among you, Paul speaking to the Corinthians, and such sexual immorality as is not even named among the Gentiles, that a man has his father's wife, and you are puffed up and have not rather mourned that he, has, he who has done this deed might be taken away from you. For indeed, as absent, or I'm sorry, for I indeed, as absent in body but present in spirit, have already judged as though I were present him who has done, who has so done this deed. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, when you are gathered together along with my spirit, with the power of our Lord Jesus Christ, deliver such a one to Satan for the destruction of the flesh, that his spirit may be saved in the day of the Lord Jesus. Your glorying is not good. Do you know? Do you not know that a little leaven leavens the whole lump? Therefore, purge out the old leaven, that you may, may be a new lump, since you truly are unleavened. And for indeed Christ, our Passover, was sacrificed for us. Therefore, let us keep the feast, not with old leaven, nor with the leaven of malice and wickedness, but with the unleavened bread of sincerity and truth. And the idea is, is very obvious. The things that they were doing are the things that were going on several hundreds of years later, several, a couple thousand years later. And isn't it interesting, I find, that we are really no different. No matter how many eons of time goes in between us, everyone is basically the same. We all struggle with certain things. We all struggle with obedience. We all struggle with the flesh and its various forms and the various lusts of our flesh. We all struggle. And it goes all the way back to the garden. And it goes all the way to the current. And guess what? It's going to keep going until the Lord returns. We're going to see this. Until the very second coming of Christ, we're going to see this sort of thing. So it's important that we are obedient. I'll never forget when I was a, I was a fairly new Christian. I came up to Rochester, and I was at the Eastman School of Music. And there was a, a husband and wife couple. They were about my age, and um, they were very... Um, they were Asian, and uh, I really liked them. They were nice, a nice couple, and I, I, I had befriended them, and they weren't Christians at all, and I thought in my heart that I could win them over to Christ, and I had the right heart in it, but I found as I started to hang out with them, as I, and they were, they were really excellent musicians, they were, um, they were doing very well in the school, very good players, so I enjoyed hanging out with them, but what I found is that they became more of an influence upon me than I was on them. And the Lord spoke to my heart about it, and I had to just kind of separate myself from them. And, um, and I did, and, and, and it was painful. It was painful because I'm like, you know what? <laughs> if I would have just kept my distance and just loved them from a distance and, and kept my from getting involved in this way, 
I probably would have been a better influence on them, right? But instead, I get my, I get in there and I mess it up, and I know that that God had forgiven me. But you know that's what happens. But we have to be careful, you know. Verse three, he says, "Nor shall you make marriages with them." Unfortunately, that's all the time we have for today. But please join us next time as Pastor Rob continues our study in the book of Deuteronomy. Calvary Chapel of Rochester is located at 2503 Browncroft Boulevard, Rochester, New York, 14625. You can reach us at our church office between 9 a.m. and 4 p.m. Monday through Friday at area code 585-586-3140. If you would like to have an audio CD of today's message mailed to you in its unedited format, simply mention today's date when contacting our church office for ordering details. And that number again is 585-586-3140. You can also contact us via the web by logging on to www.calvaryrochester.com. There you will be able to access a number of useful things such as information concerning our beliefs, ministry and contact information, our location and service times, and much more. You can even download the radio and sanctuary messages in MP3 format free of charge from the resources link. You can also listen to these messages on your mobile device by going to Calvary Chapel of Rochester on Google Play or Apple Podcasts. We're so glad that you could join us today. And if there is any way that we can bless you in your walk with Jesus Christ, please don't hesitate to call our church office. Remember, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And for this cause, I have come into the world, that I should bear witness unto the truth. Everyone who is of the truth hears my voice. May God bless you in abundance today as you walk with him. And until next time, this has been... Truth in Christ.